Hello and welcome to Frankly We Give a Damn About Movies, the podcast. I'm your host, Mike, and joining me as always, we have Matt. Hey, Mike. And Jim. Howdy. How are we doing this week? Oh, yeah, pretty good. Can't complain. Uh, what have we watched this week? I watched uh, Sweeney Todd this week, uh, you know, in remembrance of the uh, composer of the film, Stephen Sodheim. Who unfortunately died overnight from us recording this. And what a good Tim Burton movie is that. It's, uh, just... it's honestly one of his best films. It's style, yeah. music, everything. everything's good. Yeah. Yeah, no, I uh, I also watched a little bit of a tribute to Stephen Sondheim this week uh, in Netflix's and Lin-Manuel Miranda's Tick, Tick, Boom, uh, in which Sondheim uh, makes a little bit of a cameo appearance. Not the guy himself, but a guy playing him. A really good movie, like really, really solid. You uh, you really, I, I had no idea like about the guy that it was about, but, you know, now I do, and it's he's a cool guy. I really want to watch it. Yeah, I'm really. Yeah, cool. I've, I've listened to the soundtrack, and it's just it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It's right? a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Lin Manuel did it again. He's he's all about the musicals. I actually watched Hawkeye. I know, I know, I know it's not a movie, but um, it's it could be a movie. I mean, the production value on that is awesome. I mean, it's a, a Marvel project, and um, Disney Plus money, Disney Plus film, money. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it was very good. I very I very much enjoyed it. Uh, but we what we all did watch was Venom Let There Be Carnage, which we will discuss later in the show. But before we get on to that, let's check out what happened this week in the world of movies and news. One of the biggest news headlines of the week, of course, revolved around Disney. The Hollywood Reporter reported that the House of Mouse will be spending a whopping $33 billion in content. Uh The figure is an uptick of approximately $8 billion compared to the studio's 2021 spending. It was also stated that Disney will plan to release some of 50 titles for both theatrical and streaming in 2022. Uh I'm a corporate nightmare and I shut up and take my money. Uh Last week on the show, we mentioned that Sony's new Ghostbusters film, Ghostbusters Afterlife, was expected to hit a $40 million domestic opening. Well, as it turns out, 37 years after the first Ghostbusters, we've seen that the franchise still is as popular as it once was, easily blowing past box office predictions that had it opening in a 27 to $35 million range. The film ended up debuting at a very strong $44 million domestic opening. And while just shy of the 2016 reboot's $46 million opening, at the end of the day, this is a post-pandemic film release that has performed almost as well as a pre-pandemic film release. This is good news for Sony. They should be very confident with Ghostbusters going forward, and it shows that if studios actually put effort into rebooting or reviving popular franchises, that not only will there be good box office numbers, but also good critical reception. Ghostbusters Afterlife released in the US last week, but unfortunately, Aussies won't get to see it until New Year's Day. I believe that everything happens for a reason. And while Sony may be raking it in, Warner Brothers, unfortunately, has had a disappointing opening for their new Will Smith film, King Richard. The biopic focusing on the father of the famous tennis players, Venus and Serena Williams, has received high critical acclaim, but opened to a measly $5.7 million. (laughs) King Richard releases in Australian cinemas January 13th, 2022. Also making news this week, Zoe Kravitz teases that Robert Pattinson's The Batman Transformation is, quote, out of this world. 
In an interview with Variety, Kravitz, who stars as Catwoman in the upcoming DC film, in regards to Robert Pattinson as the character, Rob is perfect for the role. He was incredible. His transformation is out of this world. She then went on to add that director Matt Reeves has a lot of heart and that he cares so much for the characters. She hopes that the fans love it because they have put a lot of work into it. If Catwoman herself saying that Robert Pattinson is out of this world doesn't excite you, then I don't know what will. Which brings us to the question, what are we most excited for about the Batman? I mean, to be honest, I'm quite curious about that quote, uh, Matt Reeves has a lot of heart. I feel like heart isn't the word you expect when you go into a Batman movie, right? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I mean... Not that I'm against it. I love the idea of a Batman movie with heart, but like, that's not what comes to mind straight away. What comes to mind for a lot of people, I feel, is a brutal, sort of, boofy, smack pow action flick. But what I'm most excited about this is, he said in multiple interviews, that it's a detective noir, Mm. of which what Batman is. He is the world's greatest detective. And it's not something that we have properly seen. We saw bits of it in The Dark Knight, and um, like even just a little bit in Batman vs. Superman. But... um, it's something we haven't seen on the big screen yet, and it's such a, an important part of Batman as a character, which I'm so excited for. And I mean, even the villains, it's just it's a it's a very grounded but still comic accurate approach, which was mm. my issue with the Dark Knight trilogy. It was a grounded approach, but just comic wise, it was a big no. Yeah, it looks like they're sort of taking a step up in terms of like fun comic action. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, just looking at the trailers, like everything that they've shown so far looks really beautiful. All the colors, everything about it, you know, even down to like this really cool Batmobile that they've got going. It looks completely different to any other on-screen Batmobile. I love the Batmobile. It so looks much. so nice. I love it so much. It's like Batman, by the way, the Fast and Furious, <laughs> but it's, it is. It's so all about the Bat family. So good looking. It's very fun. I mean, talk about Robin Pattinson's transformation. I think we need to just take a step back and appreciate um, Colin Farrell's transformation. Oh my God, he's unrecognizable. Doesn't look anything like Colin Farrell. Doesn't sound anything like Colin mm. Farrell. I mean, I am fully on board for this. And as you guys, as as you guys know, but a lot of people don't know, Batman is my number one favorite thing in the world. Yes. <laughs> and I'm literally shaking. Right I'm really now. more of a Superman guy, but uh, shut up. You know, <laughs> you do your thing. Shut man. up. I, I like Aquaman. I think we need a new uh, new third member for the podcast, Mike. I think we need to nix Matt. I'm vengeance. This week in the world of movies, we also saw release in Australian cinemas, Cry Macho with Warner Brothers, The Boss Baby, Family Business for Universal, Stray with Madman, and our featured movie of the week... Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage, released this week in Australian cinemas. Follows Eddie Brock as he attempts to reignite his career by interviewing serial killer Cletus Cassidy, who becomes the host of the symbiote Carnage, and escapes prison after a failed execution. Directed by Andy Serkis and starring Tom Hardy, Woody Harrelson and Michelle Williams, I'll tell you what, this week, frankly, we gave a damn about Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Before we get on into a little deep dive for Venom, let there be carnage, full-on warning, there will be some potential spoilers. You have been warned. So what do we think about Venom? That movie was whack. It was absolutely insane. But in a good way. Yeah, absolutely. In an absolute good way. Not in a good way. Okay, 
But in a fun way. I, the first one I hated. I hated Venom. I did not enjoy it. It was not a good movie. Oh, okay. Venom's, it's average. It was, it's, average. It's, it's average. Yeah. I would call it a solid, it's just a five. You know, it's it's a run-of-the-mill, it's a superhero movie. That's it. Like, there's nothing really that outstanding I, about it to me. I mean, I'd even give it a six. It's just not exceptional. Like, there's nothing exceptional As about a it. movie, it is awful. Like, it is just so all over the place. The pacing, just the story. And it can easily... It's it, it. I reckon it was a two-and-a-half-hour movie, a two-hour movie, that had been just cut up poorly to be turned into a hour, hour-and-a-half movie. Yeah, and absolutely. You, it's, it's, it's very clear in quite a few of the scenes. Um, but, God, it just moved quickly. I was watching it, and then all of a sudden... Oh, this is the final fight. It took you a minute at the very start of the movie. Like, the first 10 minutes, I was like, what the hell is happening? It just kept going and going to the next thing, it to the next thing. It just didn't stop. Um, but once you settle into it, it still goes a million miles a minute. But, like, you're, you, you, you're kind of on board with it for that part. Very much felt like a roller coaster. Like, you know, you got mm-hmm. that slow build-up, slow build-up. But that was a very short, slow build-up. And then it was just downhill from there. Not in a negative way, just it was fast. Like, things happened, moved on. We didn't really have too much time to think about what had happened previously. We didn't have too much time to think about how bad this movie is. And how <laughs> insane some of the just the concepts in it were. Like, how awful was Woody Harrelson as Carnage, though? Oh, I really hang much. on. No, I'm hang with, I'm on. I know. He, okay, as Carnage, he was awful. I love Woody Harrelson. He could have done so much better. You reckon? Yes. I don't know, man. I thought for what he was, I thought it was fine. Like yeah. one good he had thing. A terrible haircut. <laughs> I'll give he you should that. have kept the carrot top haircut from the first one. Oh my god, yes, the big curly afro. Yeah, that was great. I, I, it, there was no, exp- you know what? There was no explanation as to why he didn't have that, and that's why it was a bad movie. Absolutely makes sense. One thing that I did really like about it compared to the first one. Is it embraced the comedy aspect yeah. a lot more? You know, it was cracking a lot of jokes, and it's like people went into the first Venom thinking, "Okay, it's it's got to be R-rated, it's got to be serious, it's got to be dark." And yes, that's Venom as a character usually, but what the Sony have created with Venom uh, in the in their movies is not that. It's yeah. it's own it's its own thing, and they tried too hard to mix that comedy aspect and the serious and the comedy and being a serious movie in that first one. And the second one's now come along with Andy Serkis, who's turned it into a full-blown comedy. Absolutely. And part of me wonders, as you said, it does feel like it was cut down from a much longer movie. Did they just cut out all of the boring Edgelord stuff and just keep in all the funny bits? You raise a very valid point. Mm. What I think, and this is a major spoiler for the uh, mid-credits scene, but it does connect, this film at, at the end, it does connect to the MCU. My thought is, have they edited this film so it tonally matches the MCU? Like, it's using, you know, the same sort of comedy aspects as the MCU films. You actually raise, a, or that you both raise very good points, but Matt, Andy Serkis said recently in an interview with IGN that the post credit scene, which um, for people who haven't actually seen it, uh, it, you're going to have it spoiled, basically Venom gets dropped into the universe of the MCU and he's sitting in this bed and he sees Spider-Man is on the news after, which is end, how Spider-Man Far From Home ended. Um, it's You raise a very good point because they said in an interview that that post credit scene happened last minute. Oh, really? It was the last right. thing that they filmed. It just happened last minute. It was spontaneous. They're like, we're going to do it. Interesting. I mean, look, I think uh, like when you look at the movie, just visually speaking, it looks like a dark, brooding, edgy film. But... Like the what's on the page in terms of like the writing is just completely opposite. Like it doesn't 
if there's there's a dissonance in the way it looks and the way it feels. There's it, a disconnect there, yeah. Is it just me, or did the the FX the visual effects department spend all their money on making Carnage look awesome, and did Venom take a step down in in um how he looked because he looked awful? I thought he looked fine. I didn't notice that. I did, but now I, that I've said it, you've. I did think he looked a bit goofier in this movie mm-hmm. than he did in the he first did. movie. Like they obviously, like you said, it's a bit more of a comedy, and I feel like they gave him like big goofy eyes and he was a lot a more, more emotive carnage was, yeah. carnage looked dope as hell carnage like, was amazing up. he looked great until he turned into Tas- the tasmanian tiger <laughs> <laughs> yeah in the, in the prison was just yeah <laughs> <laughs> just spinning around like the that things was, that was they made goofy. carnage do in this movie i was just baffled by <laughs> it was as, as one of you said um before we started recording it would be an amazing time to watch trunk yes I was drunk when I watched it. Oh, good. good <laughs> and I yeah. loved it a lot. So you had your, your like your your drunk goggles on, your beer goggles on. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm, mm. And you know what? Ten out of ten. Yeah, absolutely. Tens ten the out board. of ten. Movie, story. Who cares? Ten. <laughs> the stories, you know. Acting. <laughs> who cares? Ten. I Venom. Mean... <laughs> He's alright. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I. I don't know if it's a hot take or anything, but. It felt like they had very much. Uh, they tried to make Venom almost like a story about. Um, it, it, like they felt like they were going for almost like a Doctor Jekyll Mister Hyde vibe, especially like in that middle bit when they were separated for so long. I, I got romantic comedy vibes. I yeah, got, yeah, romantic coms. <laughs> it, it felt was, like a rom com for about forty minutes. There, I was just waiting for Venom just to fully pop down at his pants, and I was hoping for. Oh, I was hoping for like almost like a play on uh, Love Actually, where it's got you know Eddie Brock with the cards going, "Hey Venom, I'm sorry I've been such a bad host to you, but if you could come back to me, that would be really swell." I mean, the structure of it is very rom com like. Um, don't know how I felt about that, but you know that's cool, I guess. Well, Look. what are our final thoughts on Venom? Let there be carnage. Terrible film, but. Very entertaining. I I just thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, fantastic film to watch when you're either drunk or you just want to throw something on to laugh at. Just go with your mates. Yeah, have a good time. And for a movie that has been out in the US for the past two months that we basically had everything spoiled for us, thanks America. Um, I loved it. I, I enjoyed it. It was good. It was good fun. It was. It's that's literally. It's a popcorn movie. Yeah. I mean, don't take it seriously. Enjoyed it a lot. Mm. Grab that big old bag of popcorn. But uh, if anything, if anyone's from Sony is listening, uh, the three of us do have writing experiences, and um, Venom Three definitely seems like something that will happen. So uh, if you need some people to uh, basically rewrite Love Actually for you, well, you got three big Love Actually fans yeah. right here yeah. in Brisbane, Australia. Yeah, Venom that's as a Christmas a, uh, movie. Just that's saying. Now a known fact on this podcast, we are the three biggest Love Actually fans. Taking a big step back from movies, we had this week release on Disney Plus the new MCU TV show, Hawkeye. First two episodes came out, and for the next four weeks, we will see be seeing it streaming weekly on Wednesdays. But uh, what did we think? Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I really enjoyed <laughs> the uh, first two episodes so far. Um, they, I feel like they're very well, you know, very much in the MCU. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, honestly, really it didn't good. grab me as much as say Loki, WandaVision, or even Falcon and Winter Soldier did. But uh, it's definitely better than What If so far. So that's that's something. That's not too difficult, <laughs> I mean, though. anything can be better than What If. That was, <laughs> I mean. Um, 
it's not your typical MCU TV show that we've come to expect. It's not. It, it's it's it is that ground more grounded approach. Yeah, mm. it, it feels very very concise of where they're like. They're, I'm assuming they're only just going to keep it in New York. Just going to keep it to those five days mm. that they've set their timeline for. At the end of the day, we have only seen two episodes and. There's more to come, so we can't really say much on that. But initial impressions, I'm looking forward to what's coming. I have a feeling Kingpin's going to pop up in his big, beautiful, massive self. <laughs> I'm yeah. loving Haley Steinfeld. Yeah, oh, she's doing a great she's Kate Bishop. Really she's really good. She's a great actor. She's an absolute standout in the show. Um, what? But what completely grabbed my attention, though, was that opening. It was really well done. The perfect recreation of Hawkeye's only good moment in Avengers. <laughs> he, had a, yeah, he had a couple of good ones. Nah, it was pretty cool, though. It's pretty cool. I think it was top notch. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, very focused, very down to earth, uh, a bit different from what we've come to expect, but uh, yeah, still a good time. Yeah. Looking forward to what comes from it next week? Absolutely. Definitely. That has been, frankly, We Give a Damn About Movies as a podcast for this week. But before we little wrap up, what are we looking forward to next week? I'm uh, really keen for Encanto, the new Disney film. Um, you know, early box office has been really strong. The audience reception and uh, reviewers have also been quite positive. Uh, it looks amazing. Music's great. Uh, I've heard really good things about the story. And, like, it's one of the better Disney films to come out in the, uh, recently. So, yeah. I guess more Hawkeye. I uh, love a bit of Hawkeye. Love Who a bit of Jeremy Renner. The most strongest Avenger. Absolutely. And something I'm looking forward to is Dune. But what mm. I'm not looking forward to is Timothy Chalamet. Because I, quite frankly, hate his guts. Mm. Why? Why? Strong why, words. Why, what has brought you to this conclusion? I feel like this, this needs a whole episode for the time. And we're going to call it, frankly, we call out Timothy Chalamet. And we'll get him on the podcast. <laughs> hang on, hang on. I've actually never seen Timothy Chalamet in anything. So I think... Before I pass judgment, I'll have to see Dune. Okay. I hate it. That's all you got to know. All right. <laughs> that has been Frankly We Give a Damn About Movies, the podcast. I'm Mike. I'm Matt. And I'm Jim. Bye-bye. Oh,